better than this. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday episode of the show. Chris, hopefully people that want to hear Kyle don't just like <laughs> hang up on us as soon as they hear that Kyle's not well, on the show today. He, he was on the live stream Monday night with us, so we were able to all get back together and hang out as a group. But uh, but yes, he's not on the show today and unfortunately not on the show tomorrow. But I think I mentioned that at the beginning of the Monday yeah. shows that you, you were yeah. stuck with me all week, so or at least for the beginning part of the week. Um, concept for today, we thought it out and... We're going to do the best available free agents for both offense and defense. And when I came up with this concept and I ran it by you, I'm like, oh, this should be great. We'll have a lot of great players to talk about on both sides of the ball. Really easy to do, to, to do the defensive episode. Tomorrow's episode, it, super easy. Offensively, I, I, I questioned what we, what we are doing here. Not a lot of top-tier names here to discuss on the best available free agents on the offensive side of the ball. I think the challenging part when I start to look at the list of best available offensive free agents, it's a lot of older players and a lot of players with injury issues that just, you don't know where they're at. Like a guy like Mitchell Schwartz, you know, offensive tackle from the Kansas city chiefs, David DeCastro, who was recently cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had a, an, a terrific run there. He's only 31 years old, but you know, he's had some injuries and there's been rumblings that he's, contemplating retirement. And so I think you have a lot of examples just like that, that makes this a little bit challenging to find a lot of value um, when you examine this list in totality. I want to take a brief moment in time here to talk about Mitchell Schwartz for a second. Can you do me a favor, Joe? Yeah. Can you open up a tab, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, whatever the internet browser of your choice is? And can you look up Mitchell Schwartz, please? Because when you do so, you will be, and please, listeners, do this as well. You will be given the gift of Mitchell's Twitter account. Oh, wow. Which is just pictures of him barbecuing food. These ribs look great. They look really good. He, he apparently he did see he did what I said for the Chiefs. Or he he had every Tuesday, he had a brand new show called Mitch in the Kitch, and he showed a recipe off for the fan base. See, this is the this is what I'm looking for. Well, that's value right there. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. So, Golden Tate, wide receiver. I mean, do you – is there anything left there? It was That was a funny trade. Didn't the Eagles gave up, like, a reasonable amount of compensation to get him a couple years ago? Like, at this point, though, I mean, can he even come in and be a reasonable slot receiver for somebody? He was traded for a third-round pick back yeah, in was, 2018 to the Philadelphia Eagles. bad trade. Uh, he played in – 12 games last year, had 35 catches for 388 yards and only two touchdowns after only appearing in 11 games uh, the year prior and having 49 catches for 676 yards. I don't know. It it feels like at this point, Golden Tate feels to me he is a – somebody gets hurt in in training camp, somebody pulls a hammy or something, and you need some depth at the wide receiver position, and and you you call up Golden Tate because a veteran – doesn't probably doesn't need to learn a, a new system. Probably doesn't take him a long time to learn a new system. Kind of just plug him in, have have a role for him. So that's the feeling I get is that as an injury pops up, and I think that's going to be the same for a lot of these guys that we talk about here today. Is that if an injury pops up when training camp starts here in the next couple of weeks, these guys are going to be on speed dial for these general managers. Yeah. Um. So, speaking of like veteran wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald can't wait. It's Arizona or nowhere, right? 
Do you feel like that's true? That has been my feeling this entire time. Um, just because Larry has always said that chasing a championship's never been something that he's wanted to do. He has stayed in Arizona at times where it has felt like, dude, go chase one. Like, go, go, go find a spot where you can become a champion. Um, can I give you two places that would make sense just trying to connect the dots on Larry and his career? Yes. Minnesota. Okay. That's where he's from. He was a ball boy there. He's got the yeah. Patrick Peterson connection. That would make sense, but it doesn't make sense for chasing a championship because, uh, Joe, do you think Minnesota is going to do a whole lot this year? I don't, but I don't expect much from Arizona. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Tampa's the other team, and that's because of the Bruce connection. Okay. The Bruce connection, the championship connection, the why not? <laughs> right? right. You know what I mean? But the counter to that is how much playing time is he going to get on that football team that already has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and they have all of those guys in that room already. So he eats into the Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson reps, is what you're Two saying. Two guys that they like. Two and guys they drafted that, they that receiver from North Texas, right? Uh, uh, Jalen Darden, yeah. 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 Who they like a lot. If he had interest, do you think Tampa would do it, though? Like, are they you're sort saying, of like you're in saying Yolo he was mode? interested in going to Tampa? Yeah. If he said, hey, I'd like to do this, would there be a contract for him? Would Tampa say, okay, yeah, we'd love to have you? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think any any team would love to have Larry's leadership in that room, right? Let me let me make that very clear. I think as a leader, Larry Fitzgerald is an exceptional member to any locker room. He's a great person, great human being. Uh, is just a great fit for any of the, the of the teams in the National Football League. But at thirty eight, I just wonder how much he has left. And this was kind of the, the contention that we had at the end of last week, where I was pointing out that like if he wants to play for, for football next year, the Cardinals will bring him back. And Kyle kind of pushed back and was like, he's 38. He didn't have a good year last year. And yes, I agree. But Arizona has always felt like the fit because they're, they're, they aren't going to be the ones that say no to Larry. Larry's going to have to say no to them. They're not going to say no to Larry. I think there's a lot of very interesting running backs to get into, which we're going to do in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use our promo code locked on, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, Shuby, mm-hmm. we got some household names here at running back, whether that's Todd Gurley, Duke Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Devonta Freeman. There's names here. Alfred Morris has had productive years in the NFL before. Let's start with Lave Bell. <laughs> okay. You know, a name that you're well familiar with. Yes. Had some thoughts about his time in Kansas City. What is there appeal for Lave Bell? Because here's the thing when he left Pittsburgh and he went to the Jets, I subscribed to two different thoughts. Number one, I liked his ability to, to catch the football out of the backfield, and I thought that would be an asset to Sam Donald. So I liked it from that perspective, but I was nervous about him going from this Pittsburgh offense that had 
an exceptional offensive line, and you have a patient runner like Lev Bell, and that continuity up front, the coaching that they had on the offensive line at the time, and just that familiarity allowed him to be the best version of himself. And he went to the Jets where offensive line has been an issue for a while. It was an issue while he was there. I just didn't think that that was going to be the place to maximize what he can do. But, I mean, are we so far removed at this point from Lev Bell being a meaningful running back in the NFL that there's just no market for him? Is he is he thinking that he's worth uh, an amount of money that's not available to him? Is there interest for a Lave Bell to bring him into your football team? I think to answer that question, I will ask you a- another question. What do you think his skill set is at 29, almost 30 years old? Because I agree, I don't think it's the skill set that was there at the end of, of his time in Pittsburgh where he sat out the year and then took the big money contract from the Jets, right? And he and we've seen that. He was w- w- with the Jets for how long? Three seasons? And he yeah. never was anywhere close to being the Le'Veon Bell that we saw in Pittsburgh. Now, if you want to to chalk that up to the coaching staff in New York, okay, I, I, I can accept that as one layer of the onion as to why Le'Veon Bell didn't work out in New York. But I think part of it, too, is – Listen, Joe, I don't have to tell you about how running backs age and how as they get older, that skill set deteriorates, right? You're not the person I have to sell on that philosophy. But I still think Le'Veon Bell can serve a purpose for a football team. We just need to define what his skill set is at this age of his career. At 29, almost 30 years old, he's not going to be an every down back anymore. He's just not. No, but a pass catching specialist, and, I think, and that's what he—that's what he feels like to me. Is he's a guy that if you have somebody in the backfield that you don't trust to be in there to catch passes out of the backfield on third down, Le'Veon Bell can be your guy. The problem is you can draft that guy in the fourth round or something. You know what I mean? Or is, I worry. Here's the problem, right? I worry that Le'Veon Bell isn't ready to acknowledge that, and I think the NFL is ready to label him that. And and if he's expecting to get reasonable contracts, they're not going to be there for him. But if he's willing to sign for, you know, one year, one million to come in and, hey, maybe maybe you'll catch 40 or 50 balls. Mm-hmm. That's what we need you to do. W- will he take that role? I think that's what he needs to determine. Right. He needs to determine that. And, and, and then it's figuring out which team has a need for that, that they want to spend, again, one year, one million isn't, you know, it, it isn't a big money contract. You're not sacrificing the future. But, do, do do you have a guy on your roster that's young and you feel could evolve into that role? And do you want to to hinder that that player's growth by bringing in Le'Veon Bell to take those snaps? Right, Who's that's a personality, right? Like he is, right? And 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 there there are teams out there that I think have a need for that type of player. But again, you have to evaluate your own roster. If there's a player that you have on that roster, and Joe, I think you, you said it best. You can get a guy that has that strong of a skill set being a pass catching back in the fourth round that maybe has upside in those other areas, running the football and pass protection and all that other stuff. And if you just ask them to be that that pass that passing yeah. down back. I don't want to invest free agency capital in Le'Veon Bell. I'll use the money elsewhere. Well, and and when you're talking about a third running back for a team that's going to dress on game day, you have to play special teams. That's that you have to cover kicks and punts. And I mean, is Le'Veon Bell doing that? Right? Is he is he going to be willing to do that? There's certainly no experience to point to of him filling that role. I wouldn't assume that he can. But again, he's a name running back, and we'll see if he gets a job. Um, So is Lashawn McCoy. So is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had a visit with the Detroit Lions. No deal to this point. Is is he is Todd Gurley the most attractive guy here to come in and be you know a, a number two running back for a team? Is he the one that's most interesting to you of these guys available? Not really. 
I, there's a guy that you didn't mention that I think I would say is the most attractive option. Okay, I thought it would be Duke Johnson. That's the answer for me, right? Oh, like I, I, I snuck I, his name in there. I, I like Duke Johnson's the guy. Like I, I, I the, he can he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. You, you're good. The injury thing's a big question mark, right? Is can he stay healthy over the course of a season? But like, I, Joe, like I, I don't think Todd Gurley has a whole lot left in the tank. I don't think uh, LaShawn McCoy has anything left in the tank, right? That that last year in in Tampa, he didn't really show me a whole lot. We just talked about Le'Veon Bell, right? And I'm looking at some other names on this list. TJ Yeldon, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson. Like, I, give me the guy who can catch the ball to the backfield and Duke Johnson. <laughs> Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. They're, they're on the list that I'm looking at, Joe. I know. Okay? No, you're not wrong. I mean, they, they you, have to be brought up. You know they want to play 38, 36 years old, man. These guys want to play. Frank Gore wants to play until Frank Gore Jr. is ready to play in the league, right? Yeah, you got to get that photo, right? That's right. Who's signing these guys? <laughs> it's That's the challenge, man. Um yeah, Duke Johnson's the most appealing. LaShawn McCoy, for the simple fact that uh, the last two teams that he's been on, they won the Super Bowl. Like, do you, do you roll the dice and bring him in for that? <laughs> for that only? If you're I mean, the Rams or something, you're the Bills? Come on back, Shady. Just to, just to have the, the, the good karma in the room, just on that purpose alone? You know, I think that's something that gets lost about LaShawn McCoy and something that I appreciated about him in Buffalo is he's a great teammate. Like, he 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 goes to battle for his guys. He... He's a good leader, and I, that's something I, as somebody who just observed him in Philadelphia that didn't like see him on a day-to-day basis, that impressed me about him and his time with the Buffalo Bills. And, and you know, he didn't seem to be disruptive in Kansas City or Tampa Bay. He just kind of played his role, was was inactive a lot, and you know, he's got some uh, some nice shiny rings in the jewelry case to show for it. There, are, there's a who's who of like former fantasy darlings on this list, like. Alfred Morris, Chris Thompson, TJ Yeldon. There, this is this is an interesting group. This, this is a group that if you again, like I said, if you have an injury, you're calling one of these guys up to fill yeah. a roster spot, but that's about it. Well, TJ Yeldon couldn't dress for the Bills for he signed a two-year deal with the Bills, like two year, three, three million, something like that. And between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, this guy couldn't dress. So yeah, not Frank sure. Gore. Frank, so it was Frank Gore and Devin Singletary, his first year in Buffalo, couldn't dress. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss couldn't dress. The inactive RB3. Because he can't play teams, right? Like that's the thing. When he like he played a couple of games when somebody got hurt and he would catch a few passes, and you'd always be wondering, oh, well, maybe he could be a little bit more of a factor, but you have to play special teams if you're gonna dress as an RB3 in the NFL. So somebody who could play teams, this is an off-the-wall name, TJ Logan. Yeah, I, I always like him. He's always hurt, though. He is always hurt, but you talk about playing special teams. He can return punts. He can return kicks, right? He gives you that speed element there. But yes, he's always hurt. But but to, it, that criteria that you laid out, yeah. I, TJ Logan fits the bill. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to people who love Bilt Bar, everyone has their favorites. And if you don't know what the flavors are, you're missing out. Here they are. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. I love the cookies and cream, but don't sleep on the fruit flavors. Orange and raspberry are absolutely delicious. If you want to try these things, maybe you haven't tried them all. Maybe you don't know where to start. You can get a mixed box. And if you do, you get two of each of the nine flavors. So it's a great way to start your built Bar experience. Not only are the built Bars delicious, 
and they're the best tasting protein bars in the world. They're healthy for you as well. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. We got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. There's a name here, Chris, that I'm a little surprised hasn't been signed. Is this a tight end? It is not a tight end. Okay, I had the tight end sorted, so I didn't. Okay, so we get into tight ends. Well, let me, let me, let me shout out my guy. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Austin Ryder. He's been the primary starting center for the Kansas City Chiefs each of the last two seasons. So I'll ask you this question because this stood out to me. There's a lot of good depth here in this offensive line group. There's yeah, I think reasonable players, guys that you can roster. Yeah, for depth. I'm not saying these guys are these guys. These are guys that you feel like. Listen, injuries happen. Emergency starters. This is how you build depth. This is how you build a championship winning team. Is when guys drop down or have to miss a couple of weeks with an injury. You have capable backups that can come in and play. And I think this group, there's some there's some names here. There are some names here. All right. So I want to know these tight ends. Let's let's get into them. (laughs) Who do you like? There's a name that like was a thing for a little bit somewhere, and I just wonder if somebody else could sign him and make him a name. Okay. Do you want to take a guess of who that name is before I? Okay, I've I've now got it sorted by tight ends. Okay, this is this is a decent group. Are you gonna say Jesse James? No, I was not gonna say Jesse James. Although capable backup and 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 was probably gonna snag a job here. Tyler Eifert was kind of a thing at one point. Okay, yeah. I mean, if he's healthy, right? Right. He was kind of a thing. And I think I'm looking at overthecap.com, so if these numbers are incorrect, take it up with them. Uh, 52.8% of the snaps last year in, in Jacksonville. This is this is a guy that you know you know when when healthy was a capable player when he was with the, with the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if a team picks him up. I'm looking at how many games he was injured for, and that's probably the reason why he has not gotten a phone call yet. But I mean, he had in 2013, he had 445 receiving yards, played and played in 15 games that year. Then only played in double digit games again in 2015 when he played in 13 games. He had 615 yards that year, 13 touchdowns. That was the year that Tyler Eifert was a thing all the way back in 2015. I don't know. His name stood out to me when I looked at this tight end list. So now I know this player is retired, but let's assume Jason Witten and Greg Olson are done playing football, right? Okay. Are these both Hall of Famers? No, you're going to make me do this. Is the this is the best available free agents, and now you're going to ask me a Hall of Fame question about Jason Witten and Greg Olson? If Greg, I told Greg you, Greg Olson, I th- the first ever NFL tight end to go thousand yards three consecutive years. If I told you I only thought one of them was a Hall of Famer, which one would you think it, I I would be saying? Shuby, if you don't say Jason Witten, it's Jason, say, okay. it's Jason Witten. It's Jason Witten. Of those two, Jason Witten is, I think, the Hall of Fame. You had me nervous. Like you had. No, you had I me- wasn't gonna. No, no, I wouldn't do that to you. Jason, do you agree? Like, do, do you agree oh. that it's a lock, Jason Witten? I think. I think not only that. I think Jason Witten's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You think Jason Witten is a first ballot Hall of Famer? Let me pull yes. up his statistics here, and I, ha- I have them here. Brother, he. Go ahead and please, please pull them up. It will. No, these are very good. These are. It very will good. affirm that this is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, eleven-time Pro Bowler. He almost had a thousand yards in his rookie season. Yep, he had a thousand yards in 2012. Caught eight touchdowns in 2013. 
Yeah, I mean, he was just, just consistently great. Played, didn't miss a game. Fourth, Dude, he's fourth all-time in the NFL, the history of the NFL, at any position in receptions. Fourth all-time, yeah, including the receivers. That that's incredible. Yeah, that, that's, that's easy. That's a lock. Jason Witten. 250, excuse me, 235 consecutive games played. I've moved on to Greg Olson to see if, what to see what this is going to break. So down okay, to. Jason wins a Hall of Famer. Are you in on him being a first I, ballot Hall of Famer? Yes, first ballot okay. Hall of Famer. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm, I'm right. good. I'm good with that. All right, I'm, I'm in. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Greg Olson's numbers don't stack up with Jason Winton, but well, my he, guy's got three straight thousand yard seasons. The only tight end ever to do it. Listen, I I view Hall of Fames are. Can you tell the? the story of the sport without him. And I don't know how you tell the story of this, of the position of tight end without talking about Greg Olson, the first tight end ever to have 3000 yard seasons in a row. So just on that basis alone, I think he's in the problem with Olson is that he just, after that 2017 through 2020 <laughs> is extremely rough. He falls off of a cliff at right. that point. If he could have just had, if he could have been 2019, Greg Olson, 52 catches, 600 yards. If he could have done that a couple more times after that would have been good. But but Joe, from 2012 to 2016, that five-year peak is really good, man. Yeah. No, I think it's it's as good as a, of a five-year stretch of tight end play as the NFL's ever seen. Didn't miss a game during that stretch. The 3,000-yard seasons, as mentioned. The two seasons directly before that had 800-plus yards. Caught five-plus touchdowns in that entire stretch other than 2016. He's not first ballot, right? Like, uh, Yeah. Me, he might be one of those guys that like when you and I are much older, guy that gets put in the Hall of Fame and the, the current NFL fans are like, who the hell was this guy? And we're like, oh, Greg Olson, first tight end ever with 3,000-yard seasons in a row, good player. Carolina Panthers 2015, you know, like that's – it could be that. Or maybe I'm discrediting his chances. Maybe he's got a better chance than that. I, I think he is going to – I think – Somebody in that room is going to have to make a really strong argument for him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? The, the, the person who is tasked with with talking up Greg Olson is going to have to have a really good sales pitch, I think, to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. We went through this whole show and didn't talk about a quarterback at all, Joe. Is there a quarterback we should talk about? You're like, let's I, get back I, on track here. I, I want you to look at the quarterback list and tell me if there's a quarterback that you would like to discuss because I don't think there is. No, no, there's not. Um no, Ryan Finley is the most interesting. Play. I don't know, Sean Mannion. No, Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley, yeah. He 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 played in some important games for the Cardinals when Kyler Murray was banged up at times. He had, he took some snaps for them. Tell me about Tommy Stevens, Joe. Tommy Stevens. Oh, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Guy should have never been in the league. Um, Matt Barkley, pour one out. He did a nice job as the mentor to Josh Allen for a couple years. But uh, RG three. Somebody take a flyer on RG3 to be on the roster? I mean, you got to think that these guys, some, I mean, so the list, Tommy Stevens, Jake Rudock, Ryan Finley, Sean Mannion, Brett Onley, Josh McCown had the weirdest job there was in the history of the NFL last year. Matt Schaub, RG3, Matt Barkley, that's it, right? Those are the... Yeah, the list I'm looking at names Philip Rivers and Alex Smith, but we both know that those two guys are not playing next season, so that those guys yeah. are not considered in this conversation. Stuff happens in the NFL, man. Like one or more of these guys will get signed, if nothing else, to get through camp or get through the fourth game of the preseason. I remember yeah. the Bills, man. The Bills signed like uh, Matt Castle one year to get through that <laughs> last preseason game. There's pictures of Matt Castle or not Matt, Matt, Matt Liner in Matt a Liner, in a yeah. Bills uniform. Yeah, so you know that stuff happens. These guys I, I, will get chance. 
I, I, I will say this, and we're doing the defensive show tomorrow. I, I had a really I had a tougher time looking through this list and finding a name that really stood out as man, how is this guy still on site? Right. We're on defense. Yeah. I think there's four or five guys that we're gonna have to discuss as why are these guys still free agents? I think offensively, there's a lot of depth pieces. There's a lot of if guys get hurt. We're looking at, at at signing some of these guys, but defensively, man, I think there are some guys who can come in and start for teams that are still available out in free agency. So find out who those players are. Come back and see us tomorrow, where we are going to cover the best available defensive free agents remaining in the NFL.